Welcome to the Midlife Mysteries Podcast, your podcast for inspiration on being bold and saying yes to making the most of midlife. We're so glad you've joined us for this episode on your social circle in midlife. So many of the midlife women uh, that we've been talking to have mentioned that their midlife experience includes a changing social circle. And sometimes it's been a transformation that they've enjoyed and sometimes it's been difficult. Maybe it's been that they're no longer interacting with the parents of their kids' friends. They've had people retire and move and kind of leave the area. Um, or sometimes they've outgrown the friendships. You know, midlife brings new ways of looking at things. And so they've changed. So we're going to do a little bit of introductions in a moment. And then we're going to start to talk about what this means and also discuss how you can uh, build and expand your social circle in midlife and offer some practical ideas to our listeners. So again, welcome. I'll kick things off with our introductions. I'm Michelle. I'm Carmen. I'm Leslie Ann. I'm Marla. And I'm Marianne. All right. So let's kick things off with um, how our social circle has changed. Anybody willing to share a little bit about their thoughts about their social circle at this point in midlife? Well, I can say mine has definitely shrunk because my kids were athletes and for many years, I spent a lot of time sitting on various baseball diamonds and in the stands at basketball games with the same group of parents. And, you know, after the kids graduated, some of those parents I've remained in contact with, but a lot I haven't. We just don't have any other reason for our paths to cross. And I went through the same thing as well in sports, parents of other children going through school. Um, though I always kept another core of friends. I'm very lucky. I'm one of four siblings, one of three girls. And so my sisters were always that steadfast friendship for me. I did move to D.C. at age 30. Obviously, that was a big change, having to start a new friendship circle geographically. Um, though I am a true believer that you can have friendships and not have to have daily conversation or daily togetherness. Um, but yeah, so they ha it has changed over the years and definitely by friendships of circumstance. But I continue to try my best to build my relationships with friends as I move through life. As you were all... Um Starting to talk about this, I, I was thinking about um, one of my closest friends who is um, a friend of mine from seventh grade, but we had a period of maybe 15 or so years um, of being apart. So, Marian, what you were mentioning about not talking every day. We talk every day now. Um, she came back into my life probably about... I don't know, eight years ago um, at a time that ended up being exactly what I needed in my life. It was also something that she needed. And um, I think it's interesting because um, you can have these friendships that are lifelong friendships that ebb and flow over the years. And I, um, I, I just, as you were talking, really just struck me that it's not just about making new friends or changing friends, but it's also the changing nature of the friendships with people that you may have already had as close friends over the years. That's a great point, Marla. And it, it, I think one of the things that I've been kind of focusing on and, and sort of learning more in this stage of life is paying attention to how much nourishment specific friendships need. 
And so some need more than others. And, you know, my bandwidth has shrunk. I don't really have quite as much energy as I did 20 years ago. Um, but even for the friendships that don't need as much, building in the time to give it enough to keep it together is, is kind of an important consideration. I spend a lot of time thinking about my friends and thinking about who I need to see and spend time with. And it's not a uniform thing. Like uh, you were talking about a friend from years ago. My college roommate, I, I only see her once every 10 years, but um, we spent a weekend together about a year ago. And it was that classic, it's as if time had never passed, you know. Um, and I need to now, like, I'm thinking consciously, like, I need to try to see her once a year or every other year and build that into my schedule. Um, but I have other friends that I see almost daily. It, it really just depends on the friend, but it's something that you have to give thought to. You know, it's nice this time of life because we have the space to kind of be deliberate and really do. I try to design my friendships or friendships by design, I should say. Um, but we do, like you said, now you can look for those relationships that nurture. And I like to have relationships that nurture my energy. So I have energy to nurture others as well. And when you're raising kids and you have a career, yes, you have friends, but you don't have the time to be so deliberate in spending time with them and building those connections even better. I mean, all of you sitting here at the table have been in my life for a long time. Um, and circumstance brought that originally, but then I do believe it has been by design. Like you guys are awesome and you feed my soul. And that's why we're all sitting here today. And hopefully I can give something back to all of you as well. And I just think once we get past a lot of the chaos of career and raising children, this is a gift. It's a gift of time and it's a gift to be able to just slow down and really nurture what's important in life. So I have a question for y'all because I'm on the, I'm at, I, I know not everybody listening is a mother, but all five of us are. And um, all of us have had careers as well, which made our time very, very limited. And my younger child is going to college and I'm kind of wondering, like, who are these people am I still going to be friends with after he goes to college? And um, is it going to be hard? I don't know. I'm really curious to hear from y'all who've gone through that transition. Like, do people just fall away? <laughs> and how do you find new ones? Yeah, I, I think they do fall away. I had an interesting situation where I had a, a close friend and we shared a passion for uh, interior design. And then she became a grandparent and really the focus of her life changed. And I think she made a selective choice to reshape her friend cir you know, circle. And so I wasn't a part of that new friend circle, but then it expanded by having college friends who had so much more time because, you know, their kids were, were up and out. So, you know, it, it is interesting how it, it does change. And I think it, uh, I think you have to be able to go with the flow of those changes because feelings can get hurt too with friendships. I mean, I think that's something we have to think about as well. I think those true lifetime friends can never be lost. They may be in and out of your life, but they're never lost. Yeah, I'm hoping I get to reconnect with my high school friends because we stayed in touch for years. They were bridesmaids in my wedding. And then when we had kids, everybody, we stay in touch, but... I mean, I haven't seen some of them in more than 10 years, probably 15 years. 
and we still call each other on each other's birthdays, but I think everybody is now almost reared all their children. And I'm kind of like, it would be really nice to reconnect with them. Because people who know your family and how crazy they are from way back when is more yeah. nice. And that happened in my high school friend group. One of them had the great idea that every other Friday, someone would initiate in the morning by sending a picture or just a little update. And it's not overly burdensome. It's like every other Friday. And we do that. And that has been going on since the pandemic. And it really reconnected us. And they're, you're not from this area, so they're not here. No, and they're all over right. the country now. We all grew up in upstate New York. I also think thinking of things that you have in common with those specific friends, um, like for Leslie Ann, it's photography. So she and I actually have something in common where we can spend time together besides going away for a weekend or having coffee or lunch or catching up like that where we really are deliberate about spending time and nurturing our hobby at the same time. So I think that would be helpful too, Carmen, finding those things that carry you forward where you have an interest like of somebody else's. And I'm thinking of one of our guests. Um, the two of you do a lot of um, volunteer work yes. and work in the community. Yep. And that's another way to be able to bond and see your friends. I need a lifting partner, but women that are in their early 50s don't lift. So I need like a 35-year-old who's going to go lift with me. Right now it's my 18-year-old son, but he's going to college. I can lift, but not what you do. Well, we could do it together. <laughs> I think I saw her in the bathroom earlier. Um, no, one of the things I think just sort of from the advice perspective, and, and this is at any age, is being open to it. And and so I um, I had felt at a point that I, and I think I've talked about it, that I have a couple of different sets of circles of girlfriends and um, women friends, um, lifelong friends, and didn't need more friends, right? And And then, you know, I met you during the pandemic and, and I didn't need to have another friend, but I did need to have you as my friend. Aww. And, and, and the same thing has happened. Marianne, you've known everybody for longer than I have, but through you, we've built new friendships that have been fulfilling and fueling. And I think it's that notion of being open and, and allowing your life to continue to expand by opportunities for people to come into your life. And so some of it really is being open and saying, okay, you know what? I really like this person. I'm going to make the time to nurture that friendship into something that will be really meaningful for both of us. And I think it's, I would be open to having a 35-year-old friend. That I, would do be have, I do have a friend who's 10 years younger than I am. Yeah. Challenge being, of course, she's rearing children right now. She has a full-time job, so she's busy. So with her, what I've said is I love her kids. And I'm not like that about all kids, believe me. Um, so I love her kids. And I've said, you know, Katie, if you need a hand from time to time, I'm happy to like take them. Marianne did that with my daughter a lot. And that was hugely helpful to me when I was younger, like other grownups that are, you know, so I, I'll continue to do that with her because I like her and I like her kids. And it was so I can't lift with you, Carmen, but I did say I would take yeah. hip hop dance. Oh yeah, we're gonna do. We gotta do that. We gotta do that. Um, which is a good way, a comment to transition into my next. And Marianne and I are gonna water ski together. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Um, I could do that too. Okay. Um, so you know, 
I, I said a minute ago that I think there's more time to sort of nurture friendships the way and figure out which one each needs. But one thing that has always been a stumbling block for me with friendships, and it's something that I have kind of, I think, grown into as I've gotten older, I used to really feel bad when people didn't invite me to do things. I wanted to be invited. And I have learned that it's better to be the inviter. And um, I actually, among a certain social group, um, the mothers of the girls that were my in my Girl Scout troop years ago, I earned the nickname of the Great Arranger <laughs> because I was always arranging things. And I still do that now. And I, I have gotten past, and I, I think that's maybe something that a lot of people feel like it doesn't feel like a friendship is reciprocal if you're always the one making the outreach and you're always the one making the plans. But actually, some people just aren't good at that. Well, and if you have the energy and the and the effort and you want to build the friendship, then be the one that lays it out there, make the plans. And so I think that has actually, especially now, once a lot of the easy friendships, like sitting at the baseball field and sitting in the bleachers, once those all kind of evaporated and it really required more thought, being the person that will step out and make the plans has been actually great. You know, that that I, I, I just love that for so many reasons, but one of it tying into the age piece of it is the self-confidence, right? To be able to say, okay, you know what? If somebody's not inviting me, it's, it isn't because they don't like me. It may be because they're not the arranger, right? And um, I know for me, um, with being separated and then divorced, I needed to fill my time. I needed to make sure I had things to do. So I made plans. And um, and that was great and, and something really important. And I think your point about um, being the one to, to take the initiative, but not being um, focused on what it means, but focus instead on how you want to spend your time is is a huge sort of change in perspective that, that I really do believe comes out of that security in ourselves. I have a, it's been an interesting thing. I have a number of circles of girlfriends that I do things with. Some that are were former work friends, my college roommates, y'all. I've got like a few of those groups. One of the things that's going to be really interesting, my husband's very introverted. And so a lot of the friendships that I cultivated were single women or divorced women because he didn't like to do a lot of couples stuff. Um, or other women whose husbands also didn't really like to do a lot of couples stuff, which was totally fine. And he really would like preoccupy, you know, occupy himself with the kids and work or whatever. Well, now that's changing. And all of a sudden he's like kind of interested in doing social stuff or he's home alone and he doesn't really like it that much. And I'm kind of like, well, go make some friends. <laughs> Which is not the nicest thing to say, but I'm, I, and I'm happy to include him in things and I want to have more couple friends and I want to do all that. But I'm also kind of like, I still want to keep my friends and do what I was doing before. You know, I feel like over the years too, with friendships, we are different as as a friend to others. Yeah. And as we mature and become a little more wise, I think that we really key into what's important in friendships. And I feel like, I can just show up, be as genuine, just be myself. And maybe I wouldn't have done that with a 25-year-old friend or a 30-year-old friend. But we know at this age where we've all been, where we've all come from, 
what our struggles have been. We can be vulnerable to each other. And I just think we have a lot of wisdom about what women need in friendships that maybe didn't have we didn't have before. I love, and I talked about this before, is the collaboration piece. There's no competition, not looking at somebody and saying, okay, they spend more time with their kids or they got their kids doing this, this, and this, and I don't, or what, whatever it might be. Um, it's just truly taking a person for where they are and what you know about them and what you love about them and what you can give back. And I love that in my 50s of having that understanding about friendship. I've got a question for y'all. Are there people you've moved away from? I was just that's a great gotta bring that up because it, it would Marianne drop, but just like, yeah, this isn't for me anymore. Yeah, because when you mention wisdom, I think sometimes it is the wisdom not to continue investing in a friendship, which does not mean that that person's not deserving or either one isn't deserving of a continued friendship. It's just you're not meeting needs that each of you have. And it's okay to celebrate that, yeah, that was a great 12-year friendship. And it just doesn't have a foundation to continue, and that's okay. And it doesn't have to be a, a bad feeling. It just it is what it is, right? Yeah. Well, I have let people go, and I'm sure people have let me go. Um, and I think that that's healthy, and I think that that's wise, and I think we need different things in our lives. I've been fortunate enough to keep a lot of my friends for a long time, and hopefully that will continue. But... If it is not working for either of us, then it's just not working. And when you have like the high school childhood friends who knew you and your family story and your college ones, they come with those notions about who you are, which is lovely and wonderful. But then when you make new friends who just see the version of you at 59, it's a whole other introduction to you as a person. So I think you end up attracting some different types of people. You know, they may not have been the friends you would have had in the college dorm, and that's okay. That's actually good. That's a good point. That's true. I sometimes think my high school, my college friends, some of them I never would cross paths with now, like different careers, different lives, different geographies. And some of them I probably wouldn't pick as friends now, but they're almost extra special to me because I wouldn't pick them now. And so they're really different from my friends that I've made in adulthood. Um, and I always find that kind of interesting when I'm with them. So I think you're really different from me. That's okay. I was talking to my, what I would consider my best friend, my first friend. I moved to the United States, as y'all know, at nine or 10 years, 10 years of age and met somebody. And so it's been 47 years that she has been in my life. And there is something about that sense of belonging. Like she knows where I belonged back then and has seen my entire journey and I think there's something very special about that as well. And I'm sure all of you have have that. Um, Jenny Dunaway, Jenny Dunaway, 41 years. <laughs> and sometimes that that feeling that you're describing isn't necessarily from a particular singular singular friendship, but from a group. So I um, I actually was I went to a dinner Sunday night. We, to our listeners out there, we just got off of another boat trip, so it was a week of being with women on the water. Um, and I got back Sunday in the very wee hours of the morning, but I had been invited to a dinner that night that was a group of women that all used to work together. And I can't say I was particularly close with anyone. I, I'm friendly with everyone and I've known everyone for years. Um, and these dinners come up once, pretty much once or twice a year. Um, and I decided to go ahead and go. And I was so glad I did because being with that group 
and it was sort of a reminder of professionally the path that I've traveled. And, you know, even though these weren't people that I spent a lot of social time with, I spent a lot of time with them. And we had this incredible shared experience as, I mean, we were all women lawyers who were prosecutors in the early 1990s, which was really when things were beginning to change. So it was a little difficult in some respects, um, being a woman in that field. And so just sharing that experience makes a kind of a bond that, you know, even though we don't get together that often, they're not people I socialize with. I consider them friends and the opportunity to share time in that circle to be very valuable. Oh, I, the work friend thing is absolutely huge and has been a huge part of my life. And like you, Leslie Ann, I had an executive career and there were women, but not that many of them. And I have a couple of friends in particular who have gone on to do some pretty, really significant things. And we, in in the professional world, and they're some of the only people I can talk to because they're the only ones who have actually had that experience as a woman. And one of my friends is African-American and I'm Hispanic. So as Hispanic woman and an African-American woman in very senior leadership positions, it's still not very common. And so some of the things that you face, and as a mother, sometimes I just remember thinking to myself, like, I'm the only one here who doesn't have a um, stay-at-home spouse, you know, and just things that like you don't have anybody else to um, talk about that kind of stuff with. And they become it's it's a very special friendship and it's a different kind of friendship from my friends that are purely on a social basis um, and we don't have anything in common professionally. It's very valuable to me. You know, I'm I'm. I keep saying I'm, I'm feeling inspired. I'm feeling inspired again. And um, this notion of friendships that may be passed because your children are at different ages or you're no longer working together. Um, Leslie Ann, when you were talking that you've got this group and once a year or twice a year, they all get together. Um, there are groups that I've worked with where I've like run into somebody years later and said, oh, my God, it's so great to see you. And it is so it was so great to do that. And we really should get together and nobody takes the time to do that. And I feel like I'm going to go home and this week's really busy, so maybe I'll do it next week. But I really want to reach out and say, OK, you know what, let's all pick a restaurant and a day and Let's all get together because those are friendships that were fueling people you cared about greatly in many instances. And, and why not take the time to rekindle a friendship, even if it doesn't become a daily friendship, but people who have been important parts of a time in your life, um, how great it is to sort of have a friendship reunion, if you will. Great. Well, let's share some more tips as we kind of, you know, think about expanding our friendship circle. So I'm going to share a tip that I just picked up this last week on the boat trip, talking to one of the other women. She and her cousin and a friend uh, go out regularly. They spend a lot of time together and they reached a point where they were like, it's just too boring to keep going out to dinner. So they came up with something that they called the quest for something different. And the way the quest worked is one of them would be responsible for choosing an outing on a particular week, and they would not share with the other people what the quest was going to be, but they would make all the arrangements. And the only rule is if you get invited to do the quest, you have to do it. 
you can't back out at the last minute so that the person making plans can make plans. And then that person would just show up and say, tonight we're going axe throwing or, you know, tonight we're going to throw pottery. Um, tonight we're going to a comic class, learning how to be a stand-up comic. And she was going through all the different things that they did. And I thought that is just brilliant because it does get boring to just go out to dinner all the time. And it actually can make the friendship feel a little stultified. But these folks found a way to make it kind of invigorating and exciting. So I'm absolutely going to start questing. And since I'm the great arranger, it fits perfectly. Add me to your list. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, I So mine is in the American Midsters vein of um, saying yes. So Michelle and Marianne already heard this on the way over, but I was quasi-supervising Beach Week for my 18-year-old and his 12 friends with some other families down um, in the Outer Banks. And I ended up staying with a friend who is my son and her son have been very close for a long time. And she and I are friendly, but we weren't like close. But I stayed with her for a week. And I was a little nervous. I was like, how's this going to go? And, the and she's a good planner, which is great because I'm kind of game for anything. But planning's not my strong suit. That's what my husband does. That's what my friend Bethany does. So we ended up the first night, we were like drinking beers. I don't drink a lot of beer. I was like, sure, I'll drink beer with you. And then she's like, let's play cards. I was like, okay. So we played cards. We went to the beach. We went shopping. We did all these things. And then the next thing I knew, it was like a Sunday night. And both of us had had like eight drinks. And I was, as y'all all know, I'm not much of a drinker, but we were having the time of our lives. We woke up the next morning. We had to work. We were like, oh my God, we cannot do that again. And proceeded to do it every single night for the rest of the week. <laughs> so I was like, I think I'm at beach week. But by the end of the week, it was really interesting. She and I were lying on the sectional sofa, feet to feet. And I said, Bethany, if John and Matt die, maybe we'll live together in the old folks home. This was after like five days of living together. And she was like, yeah, that sounds like a good plan. And after that, it was sort of like we were, it reminded me of college or right after college when you're starting to get to know somebody and you kind of like them and you hope they like you too. And by the end, she had invited me and Matt to her and her husband's joint 50th birthday party, um, which I'm super excited about. And we're going to get together and I, we didn't drink this wonderful bottle of champagne that I brought down. So we're going to get together and do that and play cards, which I don't usually do. Fun. So um, despite my wanton drunkenness over the course of a week, we had a great time and I have a new friend. That sounds great. Yeah. A tip I would offer, it's kind of simple, but to pick up the phone and call your friend and just spend a little bit more time, you know, talking to each other and just skipping the text and just having 10, 15, 20 minute conversation. I think sometimes those conversations then are like, oh, what, what about doing this this weekend? And it kind of evolves naturally from that. My tip is pretty simple. It's a tip that I gave my kids, um, both boys. But in order to have a friend, you need to be a friend. So put the time in, put the attention in. Now on an awareness, which is not a tip, I will just put out there that I recently read an article that over 70% of women in their 50s and 60s experience loneliness. So there are people out there that would appreciate friendship and time. So keeping our eyes open and being in tune to the individuals on our street or in our community or in our church is another way to be able to um, build friendships, both for yourself and for someone else. 
There are so many great tips. I was kind of struggling not to repeat something, but I, I kind of want to go back to the theme of, of that self-confidence. And when you talked about, you know, being a friend is a way to have a friend. And I think that um, thinking about how other people might be feeling and what they might need and not coming at it solely focused on what's in it for me, but how is a friendship a two-way street and we're both or or multiple friends too, right? It isn't even necessarily one-on-one. It could be a couple of people who are friends or a group that you had been with before, but to really look at it from the perspective of enhancing your life and as we talked about earlier, knowing that that's limitless, right? There don't have to be constraints on how many friends you have how you choose to show up for them, how often you see them. But the more people that feed your soul and different aspects of your soul, the more fulfilled and your life will be. Well, I think that is a great note for us to end on today. So we're so glad you've joined us. We hope you found this a safe and inspirational place to help you make your midlife the best it can be and to strengthen your social circle. Uh, you can find us at AmericanMidsters.com. That's American, M-I-D-S-T-E-R-S.com. Uh, please let us know of any future topics you are interested in. Thanks again for joining us today. <laughs>